The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Hey, join us now for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. My name is Wayne Shepherd. Percy, where are we headed today? Listen, we're headed down the street of understanding the difference between power struggle to partnership. Power struggle to partnership yes. in the context of medicine? Medicine and science and faith and spirituality. I see. All right. This is going to be fascinating. It really is. We'll, uh, we'll have some very special guests who are on the front lines of this, aren't they? Yes, exactly right. Some colleagues of mine who have been in the field of pastoral care and spiritual support will help us to understand the evolution of the role of spirituality in a clinical environment. Our resource this week is entitled Integrative Cancer Care. And let's, let's, we've done that before, but let's define what we mean by that. When we talk about integrative care, we're talking about combining medical care with other supportive care services like naturopathic services, nutritional support, mind-body services, and pastoral care. These services are all part of an integrative model that includes, as the base, good clinical medical care. Right. When you put all of those modalities together and offer that to patients in a care plan, that becomes integrated or integrative care. So it's very much akin to what we're talking about today, the partnership of medicine and faith. Yes, sir. Absolutely it is. All right. It's a resource titled Integrative Cancer Care, and it is available right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can download it and use it. Learn from it. Healthhopeandinspiration.com. And if you are a subscriber to this podcast, thank you for taking that step and joining us each week. If you're not a subscriber, but simply sort of found us on the website uh, program by program, we urge you to sign up. Yes, thank you for all of you who have signed up. And for those of you who just accidentally found us, we don't want you to accidentally find us. And we want (laughs) you to purposely find us. And one of the ways to do so is to subscribe to the show free of charge. And it will come to you on a weekly basis. And you will have it in your inbox ready to go. Coming up, a very substantive conversation about medicine and faith and the cooperation between the two. We'll get to that in just a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And for inspiration, let's turn to God's Word. And so our spiritual nugget that will frame this conversation and how good is this scripture for today's lesson, oh my goodness, is found in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, verses 7, 8, and 9. And it says, So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Verse 8, Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Verse 9, For we are God's fellow workers. Today we're going to learn about the partnership of one who waters versus one who sows and who plants 
ultimately, at the end of the day, it is God who gives the increase. And on one of your recent visits to Philadelphia, you sat down and you were just a little excited about doing this interview. Man, oh man, oh man, am I excited because I get to talk to some colleagues and some cohorts uh, who are people after my own heart, and that is some fellow chaplains uh, and individuals that work at Cancer Treatment Centers of America at Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania's hospital. Uh, the one and only, my friend, uh, Reverend Wendell Scantaberry. Welcome to the show again, my friend. Thank you, sir. It's good and to be then here. to have someone new to the show, Reverend Robin Childs. Got that right, Reverend? That's right. We're going to talk to two chaplains today and talk about the progression of faith and spirituality within a healthcare environment. So I'll set it up this way, fellas. Um, I've been doing this now a long time, 20, 20 plus years, basically 23 years ago, I entered into the world of chaplaincy and I had no idea what I was doing. And I had no idea what I was getting into, to be perfectly honest with you, and almost missed God. In doing so, the experience of understanding what people's perception and how they felt about, quote unquote, the minister at the bedside in a healthcare environment was very different than, than what I would like to believe is the case today with regard to the role of importance and value. So I'll set it up this way. I remember a patient entering their room and their caregiver said to me that, you know, uh, here comes the grim reaper. That was the view, mm -hmm. the perception, rightly or wrongly, of the hospital chaplain, that if you spoke to a minister at a bedside in your hospital, it probably meant that you were at the end of life and death and dying was probably the next set of things. Let's talk about the evolution of spirituality, chaplaincy, and pastoral care. First, I want to start with you, Reverend Wendell. You're the director of pastoral care at Philadelphia, Pennsylvania Cancer Treatment Centers of America. How long have you been in that role? And tell me a little bit about some of the things that you're doing, buddy. Well, I've been in this role for the past uh, four and a half years. I've served as a chaplain here for the past 10 and a half years. Yeah. So I've been here for quite a while, and my role uh, actually allows me to function in, in many ways, but primarily is to coordinate the spiritual care uh, focus of patient care here, mm -hmm. as well as support for our staff, uh, staff members that we refer to as stakeholders. Um, so we provide spiritual care, support. We, even beyond that, we go into... Uh, you know, counseling, teaching, uh, supporting in so many ways and advocating primarily for our patients and their family yeah. members. And Reverend uh, Robin Childs, uh, how long have you been a, a health care or hospital chaplain, my friend? Uh, 14 years. Four, so just a little while. Just a little you while. You need to get a career path and decide what you want to do <laughs> with your life. No, that's... Yeah. Uh, and you've worked at Cancer Treatment Centers of America how long now? Just coming up on my 10th year. Okay. Soon. And so... You heard the introduction. Let's jump into it. What, from your perspective, starting with you, Reverend Wendell, has been the progression of the role, value, and importance of spiritual care, pastoral care inside of the healthcare environment? Great. I think that's that's an excellent question, uh, and it. I think what's encouraging is that we've, I believe we've come a long way from where we used to be. Yeah. Uh, a big component in that has to do, I believe, with the recognition of the value of spiritual care and how the role that it plays in the existence of the human person. 
So we're looking at someone who is coming here for medical care. Here we deal specifically with cancer and we know the, uh, you know, the impressions that people typically have of cancer when you do receive a diagnosis. Death is immediately a part of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even beyond the act, uh, the experience of having medical care intervention, you cannot ignore uh, what a person is thinking and feeling and wondering and confused about and all those things that are going on in the mind and the heart and the emotion, but also in the larger network of relationships. So those are things that if they are not dealt with, will actually more likely than not contribute in a detrimental way to the outcomes of the person and the family. And so the role of pastoral care or spiritual care has become profoundly significant in addressing that uh, aspect of the whole person, Mm -hmm. which is profoundly significant. Uh, Without that, I think we are recognizing and acknowledging that the person cannot and will not be whole or even experience any measure of wholeness. Reverend Charles, what say you about the progressive state? You've been in the field long enough to see transition of the role of pastoral care in the healthcare environment, not in the church world, not in the parish, inside of a healthcare environment and community. What say you to that? Well, I was fortunate enough to uh, start off with four units of clinical pastoral education. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, psychology, but taught by rabbis. I was lucky enough to have a couple rabbis and uh, one uh, Christian uh, clinically pastorally educated uh, leader. So I was trained under them. And uh, with that, you kind of develop a rapport and a mutual respect with the hospital staff right away because they can hear you in conversations coming in and out of the room they might hear and they they can tell that you not only have the concerns of the person's spirit um, but you also are looking at them and knowing how to ask that question that lets them unburden their heart Mm -hmm. how has the relationship internally with uh, physicians clinicians and the hospital pastoral care team, how has that evolved? I can recall on many occasions early, early on that that wasn't the most user-friendly relationship because there was always kind of this power struggle. Mm -hmm. It was sort of like uh, the patient was like a child caught in between two parents who were fighting for custodial rights over their child. Mm -hmm. And the child just wanted to have both mom and dad be involved in their life. Mm -hmm. But dad was saying bad things about mom and mom was saying bad things about dad. And not that it went to that extent, but it was always an issue of power. Who was the power broker in Mm -hmm. the relationship? Mm -hmm. What have you seen in terms of the integration of relationship with pastoral care professionals and healthcare clinicians in the environment, Reverend Wendell? I think it could easily be captured in the terms of movement from the power struggle to partnership. Okay. What I mean by that is moving from a place where, for example, the physicians or the clinicians are focused on medical intervention, but the patient is needing to be heard, needing to be understood even beyond their medical reality. Mm -hmm. And you have the chaplains whose role it is to really get what's going on with this patient and be able to communicate that to the medical uh, faculty staff and and the clinical staff so that together we can really surround this patient and provide the kind and the level of care that would be effective in addressing their concerns. So there is 
so much more of an ear, uh, and more than just an ear, I think there is a desire uh, in this partnership from the clinical perspective to hear mm. what the chaplains have to say, okay. what we have to share, because quite often what we hear from the patients are things that they may never share with their medical care mm. team, mm. and yet it is such a critical uh, part of how they would experience their care. So the partnership that exists now is really the clinicians uh, having, uh, standing with the, the chaplains, talking together, working on uh, the care, the approach to care together mm -hmm. so that we have a united approach. And you have, like you said, those, those both parents are, are actually on the same page um, and caring for the patient. Co-parenting. Absolutely, in a way that the patient can appreciate and benefit from. So Reverend Charles, is there a real genuine partnership in 2018 with healthcare professionals and spiritual pastoral care people that is of value and benefit to the patient in your opinion? Yeah, absolutely. I concur with everything Wendell's just said. Um, I am lucky enough to, I usually get here early in my schedule and I get to attend several meetings with all these different teams, sometimes three teams before 9.30 in the morning. Okay. And I'm always asked for my input and always free to offer. Uh, I'll often have a pulmonary doctor who are the ones who run our ICU say, Robin, what's your take on the family dynamics? Really? And I'll give them a nice little rundown, three to five minutes, and they'll say, great, I, I didn't know that. So they, uh, they rely on us just the way they do our wonderful mind-body medicine team and our psychiatrist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They turn to us for the whole picture of the whole spirit of the person, how they're doing emotionally. So with that, do you find, and again, I, I interview a lot of our uh, clinicians for the, for the show here, and uh, at, at the recording of this, we're now somewhere in the neighborhood of about 140,000 subscribers to, to the radio show and, so, and the podcast, and we're really excited about that. And interviewing a lot of the doctors, I have found that in this current climate, the, the newer physicians that are coming into the practice of medicine are also more, much more spiritually inclined personally, not just philosophically from an alignment perspective. And, and I'm not here to suggest that every physician has a strong or abiding intrinsic spiritual orientation, but I find quite a few physicians in the practice of medicine today who are not just only open to the idea of spirituality, but also have, again, an intrinsic uh, commitment to their own sense of spirituality that allows that to be very much part of their care and their practice as well. What what do you see out in the world of medicine and science with regard to the healthcare practitioner as a clinician also being uh, one that is also allowing spirituality to be a part of his practice? Reverend yeah, that, It's so great that you'd ask that question because it's, as you're talking, I was actually thinking of several uh, uh, times when I've heard from patients uh, that they've been prayed for by their oncologist mm. or their um, anesthesiologist yeah. or their surgeon. Um, I, I, I can't tell you what, what a blessing, what a pleasure that is for a chaplain sure. to hear. Uh, I walked in a room actually in, in the ICU ICU to visit a patient one time and she said oh I'm glad that you came but my anesthesiologist already <laughs> prayed with me so I'm good you know that was really so cool to hear but I'll go beyond that and you know kudos to Robin particularly at this time because one of the one of the 
forms that we have in place here is called Schwartz Rounds, yes. which is a program that actually focuses specifically on the uh, emotional and spiritual well-being of our clinicians, of our staff. Uh, and that is facilitated by our chaplain. So, so we're bringing very pertinent, very intense topics to the table that mm. have to do with how we as staff, clinicians, uh, every discipline uh, experience our patients, experience their care, but also experience our own selves and our own well-being. Mm. And how do we nurture that? And how do we um, interact around that? How can we be actually transparent about talking about our yes. experiences and, and hearing about the experiences of others? And this is just for staff. So, so I think that that in itself is a testament to, as you mentioned, some of the leaps and bounds and progression that's been taking place because we're talking about physicians and physicians are some of the primary contributors to that forum uh, who are willing to participate in something like that, willing to be transparent, willing to hear from others uh, in order to, to really incorporate all that is heard, all that is experienced in their own personal, spiritual, emotional journeys. And, as, and I just recently heard this expression, I love it, you know, when you said we're at the table, bringing those discussions. If you're not at the table, I heard, you're then on the menu. So with that being said, uh, I love being at the table so that we're not on the menu. In other words, we're getting to, to speak uh, truth to power with respect to spirituality and the role of spirituality. Reverend, you, you, you want to say something here? I was just thinking of uh, we're, we work closely every day with our palliative care doctor. Yeah. I actually take some notes at every one of the rounds that I attend, ICU or on the floor send a copy out to him and to the pastoral care team and uh he'll come to me or he'll come to one of us and just say i think there's a crisis of faith here as well as them being emotionally upset about this this and this we go over in great detail yeah Uh, we work hand in glove every day and uh, the same is true with other physicians and as wendell said though i know the anesthesiologist he's talking about okay and, and they you know they don't mind bringing up the whole person and how they see it and how it's impacting that person's journey and what they feel we could contribute to helping out. Here's what I've already tried. Mm-hmm. I want to let you know my approach. Here's where I found success. I uh, hope you can strengthen that and uh, you take it whatever direction you'd like um, because they've learned to trust us and uh, we just work well together. Yeah, it, You know, I just interviewed one of your physicians earlier today, Dr. Su who openly talked about his faith, who openly talked about praying with patients in the hallway Mm -hmm. if that's what the patient desires and is open to. Mm -hmm. So again, it speaks to where we have really come and how far we have come with the role and the the discipline of, of spirituality and pastoral care inside of a healthcare environment. With the closing minutes that we have, and I'll give both of you a minute apiece, one story that that you can share of that that has impacted you while you've been able to impact others within your environment and your sphere of influence with your role of spirituality and pastoral care that will encourage and support somebody on the on the line or listening uh, to the program today. Reverend, I'll give you the first crack at it, Reverend Childs, and then we'll close with you, Reverend Scanderberry. Well, Wendell and I, uh, Reverend Scanderberry, and I just finished a couple hours ago a bereavement support group conference call. Okay. We do that every other Tuesday mm. for eight sessions, give our, give them a break for a, a few weeks, and then we pick up again. So this is even care after if a patient's journey doesn't go the way we hope. Yes. And I just had a man call me out of the blue who I got to know very well in the ICU, 
And he said, I, I just want to be able to talk to you and call you because I find myself losing it at different times. Sure. It's hard for me to do my work. So I just said to him, I'd be so honored to talk to you personally. Anytime you want to call, this number you called that I'm calling from is the one I carry on my hip. And you can reach me, and I gave him the times that I'm here each weekday. But then I told him about the bereavement conference call support group, and he was lit up about it. Uh, so, you know, and on the phone calls, we get to watch them supporting each other. Mm. We just sort of keep the things spinning with questions, but they do such a beautiful job of stepping forward towards each other, supporting each other's spirit, yeah. helping each other live on in a way that what their uh, loved one would be joyful about. Praise God. Yeah. Reverend Scanterbury, one, one quick story. Sure. Uh, I can, I'm thinking about uh, a couple months ago, actually, uh, I would say I ran into, but I didn't run into, this person tapped my shoulder. Uh, I was up uh, around the chapel area. When I looked around, I, you know, of course, I greet everyone the same way, sure. whether I recognize them or not. The truth is that I did not recognize this person. Uh, but he knew me, and he, he reminded me that a couple of years prior to that, uh, his wife was our patient. I came to visit her hmm. in her room. She was dying at the time. Mm -hmm. And I uh, prayed with her, with him, with them, stayed with them, encouraged them, continued visiting until her last moments. To the point that uh, he actually asked me if I would do her, her funeral uh, after that. So this was years ago. He's now our patient. Wow. And when he came in, he said he had been searching for me because that moment that I walked in and sat with his wife and held her hand and comforted her and comforted him and encouraged them and refused to leave them made such an impact on both of them yeah. that it never left his mind. Yeah. So that when he found himself diagnosed he didn't give himself a choice. He found himself, he did not even look anywhere else, but he came back to where he was convinced yeah. he would receive that level of care. And he had no questions that that's the level of care he would receive. Praise God. You have heard today from Reverend Wendell Scanterbury, who is direct, the director of pastoral care at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Robin Childs, who is staff chaplain at Cancer Treatment Centers of America at Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, two colleagues and cohorts who today I bow in your presence. I thank you for your ministry. I thank you for the work that you're doing, and I thank you that we continue to progress the conversation around the importance of the role of spirituality and faith inside of a healthcare environment in a respectful and a responsive balance. Bless both of you and your families and the work that you do. Thank you. Bless today. you, and thank, thank you, you for having us. God bless you. I have never heard a better conversation on this topic. That was terrific. Thank you for bringing that to us. Two individuals and colleagues who I respect tremendously who helped to unpackage the relevant role of pastoral care and spiritual support in a clinical environment. Indeed. Let's talk more about it in just a moment. You know, with hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's toll-free, 866-712-HOPE. 
Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. How did, how did you find these two men that we heard from here today? Well, I've worked with both of these gentlemen at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Philadelphia. Reverend Wendell, who is the facilitator of the Our Journey of Hope Cancer Care Leadership Training Program there, as well as the director of pastoral care. And, of course, his colleague, Robin, who is one of the great chaplains also. They do an awesome job providing spiritual care and support to the patients in that environment. Yeah, these these men really know their stuff, don't they? Yeah, they do. They're good. Yeah. All right. So let's let's uh, let's talk about the takeaway from that conversation. Well, a couple of important points that were made, and of course, we were talking about the role and the relevance of pastoral care in the current day and age versus where pastoral care uh, once resided philosophically in the minds of individuals. And one of the things that uh, Reverend Wendell uh, made a tremendous point was understanding that pastoral care support. And chaplains actually help people with being able to receive good holistic care, whole person care, addressing uh, the issues of people from a humanity perspective. In other words, not just clinic, clinical, medical, scientific conversation, but the issues that make people who we are. We are a spirit that has a body and has a soul. And so dealing with some of the mental, emotional challenges uh, that can happen with you when you're dealing with the uh, effects of cancer, mm-hmm. pastoral care and the chaplains get to really delve into those conversations and really get to unpack those well to hear people and then to support them from a humanity perspective in that regard. So he brought up the point that pastoral care has now evolved to the place where we sit at the table where we really can bring that discussion back to the clinical That staff. was the fascinating part of this, uh, this conversation. Absolutely, because at the end of the day, uh, physicians primarily, not absolutely, are concerned about the medical dynamics of patients. But we know there are other elements and aspects of who we are from a whole person perspective that then the chaplains bear and can bring a conversation and a discussion. They actually made the point that in many cases there are things that patients are dealing with and share that they never talk to their clinical staff about. Yeah. So they'll share that with a pastor or a chaplain because they are allowed to have that type of discourse and dialogue with them and they trust them. Then that kind of information can be brought back to the clinical staff. They meet regularly in the mornings with, uh, with the clinical staff to help them to understand here are some other elements of things that you should be aware of that this patient is dealing with while we're talking about their medical treatment. Well, i got to tell you, as a person, of faith. I mean, it just encouraged me to no end to hear the two of them talk about what's really going on in these hospitals. Well, and again, I use the analogy of uh, historically what may have happened where there's this power struggle of the the physician or the clinical team wanting to maintain the, uh, you know, we're the major important piece of the conversation that needs to be addressed with patients. And and clinical care certainly is and should not be ignored nor compromised. But on the other side of that equation, like a, a, a child caught in a family dispute between mom and dad, many cancer patients turn to their faith and rely upon their faith. Mm-hmm. And they want to be nurtured and supported from a faith perspective. So when you bring both of those individuals Individuals to support that individual, they feel like they're being properly nourished, uh, nurtured, and supported in a way that is beneficial to them, but also beneficial to all of the people that's trying to support them. So it's not a power struggle any longer. It becomes now a partnership. Yes. How exciting. All right. Let me mention our free resource again. It's called Integrative Cancer Care. 
It's available right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can download this, learn from it together, and it fits right in with the, with the program and interview that you heard today. Integrative Cancer Care available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Now, let's circle back to that passage in 1 Corinthians that you read at the start of the program today, because now... I think we see how that fits right in with uh, with everything we've talked about today. Because as a precursor, this is not about who's doing this person is being focused on yeah. versus that person. And who gets the credit. That, and who gets the credit. We're now talking about a combination and a team approach. So here, here, listen to the wisdom of our Holy Scriptures. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, verses 7, 8, and 9. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. So we're not competing, we're not pushing and pulling against each other. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we, 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 the planter and the waterer are God's fellow workers, and we're working together for the collective best interest in this particular context of our patients. Well, thanks for bringing that to our attention. That uh, That's going to mean a whole lot as I read it in the days ahead. Absolutely. So, thank you, Pastor P. Percy McRae. Hey, listen, we got work to do, so what? Let's we're going keep... to see the wood chips fly. That's right, so let's keep <laughs> chopping that wood. All right. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with past pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.